Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. We're here with Mr. Kevin Watson and Mr. Six Figure. We've just did a podcast with Jason Ferugia. Jason is a stud in the industry. He's been in the industry before Kevin was born, 94. <laughs> Same as you. <laughs> <laughs> no, since, since 94. Uh, that's even before I started boxing. That's like, how many years is that? That's Pre- pre-internet. Yeah, forever. Which we talk about on the podcast 20, a little bit. 24 years, sounds like what it was like being in the fitness industry pre-internet. A long, long time. Yeah, we talk about what it was like uh, pre-internet. But now the future of the the internet with online training, we get into that. Uh, He talks about studying where he gets all his information from because he's a blogger and he writes a very uh, informative blog, entertaining blog. Yeah, and he has his own podcast. The the Renegade Radio podcast. Uh, and he talks about a lot about nutrition and why. One thing that I liked about it was when we talked about why community is so big sure. in business. Yeah. And I've spoken about this before. Remember, well, before we even opened Box and Burn, Kev was all talking about community, community. I was thinking, what the hell's, what the hell's <laughs> community? What, what's all that? People just want to come in and train. They didn't want to stand up. Because where are we from, it's like there's not much of a community. Right. Right. Unless it's like an actual like boxing club or an actual club, yeah, you know but, what I mean, or a would, team. But we wouldn't really call it. We wouldn't really call it community, would we? No, not really. Uh, so I didn't know what the hell that was at first, but obviously now now I do. Uh, after Kev explained it to us, and and then now we've built a great community in boxing burn, and that's what a big thing that uh, Jay talks about a lot about how community in business is massive, and everyone should have one. He also talks about how he didn't like high fat diets, and he's. Eats, he relies on carbs a lot. So that I found that interesting that he said that. Yeah. So did I, because I've been doing this high-fat diet. And I'm <laughs> loving it. And he's sitting there, 42-year-old, 40, shredded. Now you're just going to go home and eat bread, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go home and go back to my old diet where it's just no carbs. What's the, it's, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to portion control and discipline. You yeah. Know? yeah, I think... I think moderation. Moderation. So this is the podcast, the Box Life podcast with uh, Jason Ferugia. Enjoy. So what I asked you before we started, how, what would you describe what you do for a living? What do you, what do you describe it as? I, I say fitness first and foremost, but yeah. I've, I, I've kind of delved more into the last five years. It's gone more into kind of personal development stuff as well. Mindset, personal development. Yeah. And you've got a, the podcast, the Renegade Radio. And am I correct in thinking you had a gym as well? I had a gym, yeah. So I, I started training people in 94, and then I opened a gym uh, a few years later, saved up money, and I had that for 15 years until my wife and I moved out here uh, six years ago. Where was that, the gym? In Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. So 94, bloody hell. How old are you? Uh, I'll be 43 in September. Right. Uh, so one of the big questions I was going to ask when we're halfway in the podcast, we'll ask it now, is how can you see the changes in the fitness industry since then to now? I'm sure they've changed massively, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, back then, obviously, there was no social media. There was there was no, even no internet. So it was a lot simpler then. And I, I see now why people have so much information overload and get so right. confused and don't know what to do because they have so many options all the time. Uh, back then, you kind of just had to figure it out and you learned in the gym, which is, you know, what real strong people do. Uh, they don't sit on the internet all day. But, um, yeah, I mean, things have changed just in so many ways, but uh, not not all for the best, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like what? Uh, do you like it back then? Do what? Did you prefer it back then? I did, yeah, yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah. Well, old school. The 90s, old school. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. 
I think one of the main things is, that, like you said, people have got way more information now. Yeah. But things are changing so quick. It's just like one minute, just for an example off the top of my head, is one thing, just the coconut oil thing from <laughs> two weeks ago. It's like... Yeah. A year, a year ago, it's like healthiest thing ever, and then it's well, I mean, it's bullshit. But now yeah. it's like not healthy, and then it's like, oh, you're supposed to do it this way. And then it, oh, it's changing like every six months, every year. It's just yeah. everything's getting conflicted, and then back to this, and back to that. It's like fasting's bad for your metabolism. Now fasting's good for your metabolism. It's like you know, you can, I mean? you can find you can find studies and research. I think to support anything Definitely, really, yeah. if you look yeah, long and yeah, hard enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so that must be the problem with the information overload that you can find things that say it's good and it's bad the same with training, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's funny. My my, my best clients forever, uh, from the time I started until now, are people who don't read anything about training. Because if you read everything about training, like you said, you have no idea what mm. to do or nutrition, you have no idea what to do every day. It's interesting. Yeah, it changes every day. So the most successful guys would be guys that invest in themselves. They pay someone else for a coach and like, dude, I, I don't want to interpret all this information, all these studies, and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Here's money. Just tell me what to eat. Tell me what to do. I think that's right. the smartest plan for anybody. Yeah. What you are know? some of those uh, platforms out there that you think as far as, are they certifications? Are they, are they uh, seminars? Are they coaching, like online coaching? What is it that you, that you think is a, a great resource for energy? Uh, not energy, uh, sorry, <laughs> information. <laughs> uh, so so elite, uh, I think Elite Fitness, uh, Dave Tate's site's a great, uh, great source. Um, elite Fitness, it. what's that, uh, a website? Yeah, yeah. I think it's EliteFTS.com. Right. That's always been a great site. Uh, on it, obviously. Uh, what else do I read? I, I, I personally try to go on a low-information diet. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think most people should because it just overwhelms you. But um, Yeah, so you do your – it's daily blogs, right? It used to be. I used to write all the time. Now I probably do still send out – I write a new email probably four or five days a week. I don't always post it to the blog. Um, the reason for that is, is things have changed, marketing has changed and whatnot, uh, and people are confused. This could be a whole other topic, but people think that e a lot of people will tell you that email died and social media is the best. That's not right. actually true. Yeah. If you want to sell shit, it, can, we, can we curse on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, if you want to sell shit, email actually I think is still the best. Email is king. Oh, 100%. I always, always have been. Yeah. But with the email, you've got to be, I mean, with social media, you have as well, but you've got to be so consistent with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I've been getting a few of your emails because when, when I said that, I asked you to come on here, and I thought I'll look on your website and I sign up. And the information on there, what you're saying is like, great. Like, where do you get all that info from? Just from doing this since 94. So, but like, there's new shit on there as well. So you must be revising all the time or, or reading up on stuff all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely still read and, you know, keep up with stuff. But uh, like I said, low information, a limited number of sources. And I'm fortunate enough to, you know, after I've been been in this industry for so long most of the guys at the top i'm close friends with so i kind of just talk to them you know like you guys would mm -hmm. like in the trenches what's really working who cares about you know clickbait articles and shit like that or what yeah. I, you know like people who really know what's going on aren't going to change their mind from a study that they read yesterday it's like dude mm -hmm. you know i've been doing this long enough i get it i know what works right it's, it's interesting we've said this before on a podcast just doing these podcasts and having these conversations on a regular basis it's amazing how much you start to yeah, subliminally learn and and pick up things and just you know, you know get inspired with it all. It's good. Yeah. So if I have an idea or a question about something, I'll text Joe DeFranco or Smitty or Dr. Mark Chang or I know you know Pavel lives in mm -hmm. my building. Guys like that, and it's like talking to them as opposed to just reading something on social media or something. You're gonna learn way more. Right. Yeah. Sure. Like by podcast, like you said, podcasting as well. Your your podcast, you got over 500 episodes. Is that right? No, no. I think we're not even at 200 yet. Oh, you're not. Yeah. 
Maybe I was not the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even, even even near 200 episodes, or might have been over 500 reviews you've got on your podcast. Oh, right, right, That's yeah, what exactly, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even over 200, 200 episodes, like yeah, you must be learning a lot from your guests as well, right? Absolutely, every time. Because yeah. that's what that's what you're seeing. We learn a lot from guests. Yeah, it's amazing. No matter who they are. Yeah, every time. So, where, so with all the changes, where do you see the industry going now? Do you think it's all going to go online or not? Because that's what we mm. we debate about this all the time. We talk yeah. about this all the time about the online training. Is it going to work or is it not going to work? I think it's been working incredibly well. Uh, I started. So originally, I, w- I was selling ebooks. Uh, I was talking about earlier, and then I decided, you know, we needed some kind of continuity, so I transitioned it into kind of like a membership site, and that's done incredibly well. And then we we had a, so that was our higher, our lower end, twenty dollar a month thing, and that did really well. We got thousands of people in that. Which that was the ebooks? You said no. So the ebooks, I, I eventually I was like, you know, I, I want to get something oh. on continuity. Yeah. So I started a membership site. Right, right. So we right, wrote people for that that bought the ebooks into into a membership site. And then eventually I did a higher price thing, which was a $1,000 a month thing. We got people in that. Um, but I know a ton of people who are doing huge numbers with, with both, both low-end and high-end coaching for sure. I mean, $1,000 a month is a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Yep. So what, were you, what would I get? If, so if I was coming to sign up, do you still do this or not? So I, I stopped it for a while because I, when I originally started it, it was kind of just like a last-second decision. And I did it incorrectly. I was giving too much away and too much of my time. And it was starting to overwhelm me. And I had nobody helping me with it. So um, I stopped it for a while. But I'll probably start it up again in the future. For a grand, what will I get for a grand a month off you? So a grand was uh, an hour phone call per month. And then we do a group call. So there was 20 people in it. So we do a group call once a week. And then there would be accountability. And I would, I would have uh, assignments. Um, you get a training program, nutrition. Um, check in with me at any time, stuff like that. And then, and then also included in that, we would do four meetups throughout the year. Wow. Yeah. Do you, did you feel a lot of pressure doing that? Yes, that's why I stopped doing it. Right, I was going to yeah. say, just based off what you're telling me right here, I think if I was doing that, I'd feel so yeah. much pressure. So I, what I did is I gave away too much and didn't charge enough yeah. or charge what I was charging but not do so much yeah, or yeah. bring somebody else in. So this know. was like a fitness online training for clients so, or business owners or...? Yeah, yeah, for anybody. But it, it was also, it was also life stuff. So I was also giving them business coaching, like h- how to build their online business and stuff like that. So it was a lot of stuff I was giving mm. them for that much money. So I, sh- I should have probably been charging. Most people, colleagues of mine who were who are killing it with that, were like, "You should have charged double for what you were doing." Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if, it, if it was just fitness stuff, I probably could have charged that, and it would it wouldn't have been so overwhelming. But I also was like, oh, "I'll just do everything that I know how to do, and that I'm good right. at, and that I'm excited about," and it was just became overwhelming for a while. Did you ever think about outsourcing the other aspects of it and just purely focusing on the, the personal training side of it and then outsourcing like the business coaching and the, the, the wellness side of it and the nutrition side of it? I mean, I, I outsource as much as humanly possible. I'm, I'm big on outsourcing. That's one of the things like when someone comes to work with me, one of the things we do at first is an 80 to 20 evaluation of everything they do across the board. Yeah. Even something as simple as like doing your own laundry yeah. or whatever. I'm like, all right, let's cut that out. Let's cut that <laughs> out. Outsource everything. Like use TaskRabbit, use uh, right. you know, all kinds of apps and stuff like that. Yep. So I do. Um, but w- when I start it up again, I will not so much outsource it, but I have a buddy who helped me out with some of the events. He's going to come in and take some of the stuff off of my plate. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do what I want to do. And he'll do kind of his specialty. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been training at Box and Burn? Because you've been here a little bit, right? You've been doing your own thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I come in probably two or three times a month. I like to just bounce around and go to right. different places. 
I don't know, maybe the last six months or so. Right, because it yeah. was funny because uh, Steve Krebs, when I was training him, he told us about you. And then one day, you just walked out and he went, oh, that's a uh, there. I was like, oh, shit, I wish I introduced it. <laughs> introduced. Uh, so do you work much? Obviously, you know all these, these big gurus in the industry in America. Do you work closely with them? Do you know much about their business? And is that one of your strengths about that sort of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm close friends with, with, with a lot of guys who are big in the fitness industry or uh, online marketing and, you know, do business consulting and stuff like that. So I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to get to learn from those guys all the time. Right. And, you know, like you said, just, just by being around them, like conversations at dinner, you just learn by osmosis. So, yeah. How yeah, can we so. make this place better? <laughs> you've, that's why I asked you. That's actually going to be here. my next question. What do you think of here? Yeah, he's going to need at least 10 grand to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford the answer. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I'd love to give that some thought. Yeah. Have so, you taken a class or no? You just come in. No, but I want train. to. Yeah. I, I okay. want to take a class and then, then I want to work with you like like Krebs was for a little bit. I think. Yeah, that would be, that cool would be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what do you what do you see with uh, gyms in general? Feeling you see because we start often, right? I don't know what what do you what gym what does gyms or the people in the fitness industry? Uh, what's their biggest downfall? Would you say? Well, they make I, mistakes. I I think any business has to be, uh, you have to make it someone's third place, like they say in the Starbucks experience, like it has to, like there's homework and then the gym or whatever your business is, it should be their third place. There has to be community, there has to be connection. That's what people lack in their lives more than anything. So a lot of fitness experts get caught up in all they do is get more certifications and they yeah. go to kettlebell, kettlebell seminars and this and that, and all that's great. Like you should be good at your craft no matter what your craft is. If you're a chef, you should be good at that. But it's also, does the front desk girl know your name? Like, do you feel connected to something? Like, do you guys have barbecues? Do you, like, there's got to be community and connection. That's yeah. what's missing in the world today more than anything else. That's a great point. I, I just read a good book about that called Tribe by Sebastian Junger. And he just talks about how, you know, we evolved, we, we would live in groups of 30 to 50 people and you'd know everybody and you'd barely have any alone time, which most people today, alone time is, is what, drives you insane and, and has you comparing yourself to other people on social media and everything. But like, think about it. You'd get up in the morning, you'd go hunting, you'd be with a group of people, you'd make the food, you'd be with a group of people. At night, you'd sleep together on the floor. Like you were never alone. So people crave that now because we live in a world where you're so isolated and mm. so alone that they want to come to a place like this that has 30 people in the class and everybody knows their name. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you have a group on Facebook and you're just always some way creating that community. That's the most important thing. Like, even if the training's a 7 out of 10, if the community's there, that's yeah. what's more important. Do you, think, do you see a big push of that? Like, towards now, there's, I think there's a lot. The, the trend of boutique gyms is now certainly blowing up, especially with all the CrossFits. I mean, do you see that, do you see that as well? Do you, are you, you jump around, hop around a lot of different gyms. Is that something that you have noticed? And the big box gyms are kind of on the way out, in a sense? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't know many people who, who like to train in those kind of gyms. Right. I don't. I mean, occasionally I, I go to them, but it's, it's not fun. I, yeah. I don't enjoy it at sure. all. I, I would rather go smaller boutique gyms and whatnot. And uh, Like I said, I, that, that community is so important. Sure. Uh, how, so how would we grow? We've got two locations now. We're looking for a third location. How would we grow and keep that community? Because it's hard. Like, I think, I think Kev, you can tell us, after like we get a, up to 100 members, we probably knew just about every single person's name. Mm -hmm. When it gets past that 100 mark, it's like you, you can't remember everyone's name. So obviously we bring guys in who, and we tell them, make sure you learn people's name and, and, and talk to them and all that, which they kind of do. But it's, it's, honestly, it's getting hard to keep that community when you grow. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I think it, I could be wrong on this, but uh, I've read something that human beings have the capacity to have meaningful relationships with up to 150 people. I feel like that's the number. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is hard. But I mean, like, like you're talking about outsourcing, I would just have certain people like that, that work here, like just make sure you you figure out everybody's name and it kind send of them. it kind of becomes uh, the responsibility of the people that you're then hiring to take on that, yeah. that role of building the community. Right. At the yeah. beginning, it was the three of us knowing every single member's name. Yeah. And then the second gym pops up and then Tony and Kev are focused on that and then it yeah. becomes my responsibility to know everyone's name. Yeah. Now then I get busier with private training and doing less classes, whatever it is, then it becomes the other trainers, the newer trainers are coming in, the newer front desk girls' uh, responsibilities to know, to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, it's kind of and, like a, and, a trickle down. And in an ideal scenario, I mean, if a business can afford it, the person at the front desk, whoever's hired for that role let's say you have three clients coming in and you can't remember everyone's name. So before she says to you, okay, and because she's following everybody on social media, which I think is a good idea for any business too. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, Johnny's coming in for a one o'clock. It was his son's birthday, which is, you know, say something like that. Or he just won the, the, the trophy at the, the golf club or so, like anything, like any personal touch but, you yeah, can yeah. give them. Like I, I've been lucky enough to be around Arnold at parties and watch him walk around and the way he can uh, establish a connection with someone is crazy. Like, I, I've seen him, like, 500 people at a movie release party. And his assistant, Daniel Ketchell, who I'm friendly with, will whisper to him right before he gets to somebody. Like, I'm not going to say who it was, but there's someone famous, comedian. Arnold had no idea who it was. Yeah. <laughs> so he whispers to him who it is and how they tweeted online. Wow. And Arnold immediately just goes up and makes him think like he knows him and remembers the tweet and everything. <laughs> wow, that's insane. And it's a crazy thing. And the guy's yeah. like, that was the highlight of my life. You right. know? It's crazy. Like Arnold saw. He's been doing that for years, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so much practice. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's things that, you know, businesses can do is just say, okay, these people are coming in, like follow them on social media, get right. to know them. Like there's no way you guys can remember all this shit, but beforehand someone could just remind you or even if you have clients just like make notes, oh, happy birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, simple things is, as making sure people get birthday cards or someone yeah, refers you, they get, you know, yeah, something like that. That's yeah, great. I like that. And, I mean, we can't start stalking people on social media, so let's, you know, start stalking people on social media, find out about everything about them. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, that's good about Arnold. Doing. So, uh, what was I going to say? Where, where, do you, where do you see your, your business going now? Do you, are you going to go all online with, with that uh, training? Is that, is that your... Goals and yeah, so I, I mean, I sold the gym when I moved here six years ago, so I've been primarily online, but I do like you know getting out and 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 speaking, you know, speaking at Luca's events, speaking at various events, um, doing the podcast, being around people, and I do my own events four times a year. So. What, what are them? So they're basically it's a combination of like fitness and mindset and lifestyle and personal development and just helping you kind of unleash your strongest self and get out of your comfort zone. And things like that. So we have 12 guys come out for a two and a half day weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll train. We'll do um, just, just I'll, I'll have them answer a bunch of questions about what's holding them back and try to right. un uncover some truths and, you know, just have them dig deep and figure out what's really going on. Um, then I just share some some stuff that's that's worked with me and other people yeah. I've trained. And uh, and then that was kind of the, the catalyst and the impetus to do the, the coaching thing because I did probably six of those events and the guys are always like, oh, man, I wish we could do something else. I wish we could keep a group together. Mm -hmm. And some of my friends, like Luca, for example, were like, man, you should start uh, a group for those guys and do coaching for them because they want, they want to keep going. And that's the thing in any business. 
Like if you don't have the next level, they're going to go somewhere else. Right. So even you guys, for example, could offer a $3,000 a month thing. And otherwise, because some people will want the highest end service. Some people will only like 30% of the people will take pretty much every upsell and they'll always want the platinum Mercedes Benz option. If you don't have it, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, by that same token too, a lot of businesses uh, could learn a lot about sequential pricing. So you have low end stuff for people to get, you know, like entry level stuff they buy and then they become a customer. Kind of Apple does that. Like you sign up for free, then you buy a 99 cent uh, song and then you buy an album and then you, well, you, somewhere along the way you buy like a, 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 a an iPhone or a, yeah. what, uh, what the, what the, the hell iPod. Is it? Yeah. But then they, then they kind of downsell you too. It's the same thing if you go to a restaurant, right? So you come in, uh, the cheapest thing is, is your drink at first, then you get an appetizer yeah. and the higher end thing it, the highest end thing is your entree, yeah. and then you downsell again and get dessert and after dinner drink. Yeah, yeah. Because people won't ascend forever. A lot of people want to ascend, but then it gets tiring. Like I'm not going to buy the ten thousand dollar a month thing and the twenty dollars. So then have other stuff for them to buy after that. Right. Hmm. What can we do here? What, what else can we sell? <laughs> we sell the unlimited <laughs> membership, the private training. Where where can we go from there? I mean, Steve Krebs was on the podcast and he's me and Kev had a meet with him and he's talking about do business uh, consultation where, where we can help people in the fitness industry grow their business but do you think that would be the way to go for us or? I think that's definitely an option I mean uh, I remember when, when, when Luca and I were here and he was saying so, so what do you guys do with, with the certifications? So the certifications it's a, uh, we teach personal trainers and fitness enthusiasts how to teach boxing you know so that's, that's kind of blew up we went around America teaching all these trainers that and uh, they get CEUs for NASAM, ACE, and all these other uh, personal training courses. So yeah, that's that's really went really going really well. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's a great thing. And then what what about kind of like licensing boxing burn gyms or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's another option. We get asked all the time, at least once a month. But like a few days ago, I got asked twice in one day. Hmm. Uh, can, can we get a boxing burn franchise or uh, affiliate yeah. and all that? And I mean, uh, I think the I think what's exciting, and I've talked about I talked about this. I think we've probably talked about it before, but with the academy, we're developing that curriculum to where if we do start to license or expand and, and franchise or whatever, we have all that curriculum similar to like if you're if you go work at Barry's Boot Camp or SoulCycle, you have to go and do all that development training initially. So by by doing what we're doing with the, with the academy, I know we've got two levels, but if we do a four and a five or end up you know six levels, say everybody that's you can franchise a box and burn, but all your trainers have to come and do all of this, all these courses. Yeah. Therefore, they yeah. have all that curriculum. Now they have, you know, they have the branded box and burn training style and methods. Yeah. So yeah. that's actually kind of starting already with our boy down in Orlando, who's yeah. trying to open Wants up. To it. You think, do you know any? I mean, obviously the CrossFit does it, but any other businesses, companies, fitness industry businesses that's done the affiliate or the franchises? Do you know many people who does that? Uh, my, my buddy Bedros Coolian does incredibly well with Fit Body Bootcamp. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we went to one of his, his events a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he opens one up every other day or something. It's crazy how wow. fast that's growing. Yeah. He smashed it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's definitely something that we're thinking about. And I think we kind of need to do that. We obviously, we'd need someone in place to take over that because it's a whole different business to yeah, just run sure. in the gym, right? Yeah. I, I think the one thing that I envision moving forward for, for this gym is like we were talking about the community before the only people that can really experience that community are the people that walk actually through through physically walk through the doors and come and take a class i think the next challenge and the next step is trying to create that experience for people who aren't in santa monica aren't in la or aren't even in america right. 
and, and, and trying to develop something online where they can get a similar experience, whether it's private online training or you, you know through the online certification courses and stuff like that. But I think that's probably the next step is giving them that box and burn brand feel remotely you know yeah i mean whatever it may be you should have some something online some kind of ongoing continuity yeah but i mean specifically through like a membership you know where the people are paying online to get the box and burn experience because they're not physically here to be in what's that experience look like do you think online to me yeah Uh, i don't know i'm I'm thinking you know private training packages and merchandise and just kind of everything that we offer here but but with it trying to figure it out so you mean with with a private training with that would we have to maybe you can answer this would we have to do that where it's live, one-on-one, exactly, with yeah. them for the full hour. Virtual yeah. reality. Yeah, virtual <laughs> reality. But over, over Skype, because if you're going to do that, you may as well do it in the gym. Because the money right. in, in Kentucky or wherever it might be in America, right. the money's not there to pay yeah. 150 for a session or 200 for a session. If you've got a highly customized workout that you're relying on a trainer to program for you and you're paying him good money to program that session, but then it's on you to go to the gym and, and actually deliver that session for yourself see this is kind of where i think the online training is maybe not going to be so successful because how can you you can't literally just sit there on skype and like privately train somebody no you can't do that the the, the best way to do that would be well there's two options but if you're going to go high price thing you would say okay every day you you sell it it has i don't know what the price would be off the top of my head but let's say you take on limit it to like 20 25 guys so it's exclusive so it's at least a few hundred bucks a month Mm -hmm. and then it's every day at noon I'm doing the workout live. Right. So the 20 guys are in there. They're in a private Facebook group. Mm, you do a yeah. Facebook live. You do it. And then yeah. obviously they can replay it later. Yeah. And then they have access to you to answer questions and stuff like that. That would be the best way. And then right. you could do a low-end thing where you guys pre-record a bunch of stuff that sure. they could just watch on their phone totally. and do at the gym. I, I, think, I would even do both options. I'm thinking of the market for this as well. And, and I think it's kind of almost exclusively only going to work with people who have got a pretty high skill level of training. Someone who, who's right. severely overweight or doesn't have a clue how to squat or, you know, base level gym Some quality goals, that control, I think, that you will lose out on for sure. Th- those are the people that will need that, that face time and that one-to-one, you know, physical attention. I think it's reliant on a lot of skill level. Yeah. People Jason, did you, did you see you were 42? <clears throat> yes. You're in fantastic shape. Oh, thank you. Does that come down to training, nutrition, more nutrition, right? Your nutrition, yeah. So tell me about nutrition. What, what's your diet plan, your regime? So I, I never got... <laughs> what are you going to say? You're just checking them out, man. Just checking them out. Just, <laughs> two or three times now. Look like, damn, Tony. <laughs> Sarah, if like, you're watching this on YouTube, check the chest out on this guy. I, uh, Is that your pen in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a pen? <laughs> I grew up... Uh, as I was a little fat kid, and then I was skinny fat. And then I was, I just ate like everything in sight to gain a ton of weight. Like I graduated high school, same height I am now, I was 147 pounds. And then I got up to like 230, but I was not lean by any stretch of 230. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fat. Uh, so then I took a long time to get down to like, uh, maybe like 205, 200 or something like that. And I kind of stayed there for a long time. And then it wasn't until two years ago that I actually finally got visible abs at 40 for the first time in my whole life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's usually the opposite way around. People get visible right. and it goes at 40. Right, right, right. <laughs> so now I just became more, more strict with my nutrition, just, you know, paid attention. For so many years, it was just 
running from the insecurity of being a skinny, weak kid. So I was just always eating so much. Sure. I was like, this is, and then it catches up to you. Like you eat some, you eat shit, and then like you feel terrible the next day. Whereas yeah. a kid, you eat shit, you wake up, you feel great. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now if I eat shit, sure. I feel awful. Yeah. Totally. And my joints hurt and everything. Yeah. So I just started cleaning it up, just you know, way more. I cut down on the, the amount of protein, which actually made a huge difference for me. Um, I used to eat like three, four hundred grams of protein a Whoa. day. Now I eat so like, toxic as well. I know. Too. Now I eat like maybe ninety to hundred. Yeah. And uh, more, a lot more fruit, not a ton of vegetables, um, more cooked vegetables, some juice here and there. Um, so if you wanted to, if you went through a typical day, like morning routine, like diet and like supplements, workout yeah. routine, what, what would a typical weekday look like for you? So I'll have, uh, for breakfast, I'll usually have, usually eggs for breakfast and, and fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I drink coffee. Probably have like three cups of coffee a day. Well, it depends. I'll go in those phases where I'm trying to get a shit, a t- shit ton of stuff done and I'll have like six cups of coffee a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I usually have like uh, cottage cheese or eggs and fruit. And then second meals, similar. Um, might have so, some chick. Like if I'm going to train, yeah. I'll have uh, starch, so chicken or fish or something and a sweet potato or rice post-workout, same thing. Um, so I'll, I'll usually have like four or five meals a day. And then my biggest meal is at night. My wife's an amazing cook and she cooks all the time. Yeah. So we'll usually have whatever she's making that night, like chicken, fish, steak, uh, a ton of white rice or white rice pasta or sweet potatoes. And that's about it. What do you think about the high fat diet? So uh, I tell you about your face. You've got something good to say about this. <laughs> well, I think it's good if you're a couch potato. I, I don't think it's it's great. I know everybody's on that kick now. I just don't. I don't. I don't buy into it. I, I never got visible abs because I bought into low carbs and high fat for a really long time, and I was always tired and felt like shit. I was like, I don't know. And then I started eating carbs and not eating so much fat, which is honestly like I'm not big into bodybuilding, but there's no physique competitor in history who's done a high fat diet. They usually do a low fat higher carb diet so, so there's got to be something there they can't sure. all be nitwits it all depends on your goals and what you're trying to do yeah yeah you. totally so but if you're doing a lot of anaerobic training strength training uh sports i just don't think like people can say oh yeah you become fat adapted and whatever and there's other science there it's still stressful for your body in my opinion and it's still stressful for your body you, you function better on carbs most people do so i've had so many people who are on low uh, carb, high-fat diets, and I switched them over, and they finally got lean. And they also fixed their adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. and their low body temperature and other issues like that. So I'm not a huge fan of high-fat diets. What about not? I'm not a fan of low-fat diets either. And here's the thing: there's like four different things. Like our dieting for physique is different than dieting for performance. Totally. Dieting for health. Yeah. I lost track of what the fourth one is, but so you what, are you, I mean? what are you dieting for now? So I, I try to have a balance. So I want to look good. But I also want to feel good and I, you know, I want to function well and I want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So if it was just for performance, I would actually go even lower fat, probably. But then my joints, my, my joints would hurt, my testosterone goes to shit, especially at my age. Um, so what do you think about intermittent fasting? I think it's good. It, it definitely works well for fat loss. It works for certain people. Uh, but everyone's individual. So I, I did it for a long time and I got great results, but it just became another stressor. So a lot of people today live such stressful lives where you don't sleep, you're stressed out of your mind at work all day, and you're doing high-intensity workouts all the time, which contrary to what a lot of people think isn't really the best thing, 
and then it just becomes another stressor and, and you just go deeper into that adrenal fatigue and just yeah. burn out. So, I mean, it could be great if, if you're sleeping and everything's good. It's, it's awesome. That's probably the biggest factor, I think, is what constitutes results is sleep. People 100%. like, you know, I've, I've trained people and I'm talking to them about their diet and all this and advising them on eat this, don't eat that, you know, whatever. And then they'll, they'll get into it and then like, oh, I'm not, I'm still not losing weight or I'm like struggling with this and I'm, I'm, and I'm sticking to the diet and I'm training three times a week and I'm running or doing whatever when I'm not in the gym. I'm like, how are you sleeping? And like, oh, I sleep like shit. Like awake every couple of hours. Yeah. Oh, I only slept four hours last night. It's like, well, and, there and that's you go. the number one thing. Yeah, it's number like, one. No matter what your goal is, yeah. sleep's the number one thing. But especially people don't think of that for fat loss. But yeah. your body's preferred fuel during sleep is yeah. fat. Right. Like, that's how you can get leaner. It's just sleep more. Yeah. Sure. Because, uh, Glenn, you're balls deep in intermittent fasting, right? Right now, I'm trying it. Yeah, I've been on it, like, experimenting more than anything. I'm not, like, religiously committed to eating at a certain time or anything. I mean, my schedule dictates when I eat. Yeah. But I mean, it could be great. Monday to Friday, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to cut out food four hours before bed and, and not eat breakfast until probably gotcha. four or five hours, depending on my schedule after I, I wake up, just water and coffee in the morning. And you're feeling pretty good. I'm feeling great. Yeah, yeah. my energy in the morning's a lot, a lot better. Okay. But I, but it, a big disclaimer on this: I'm putting a, lo- a big emphasis on sleep too. Yeah. So I'm trying to get to bed at least an hour, an hour and a half earlier than I was before, and focusing on hydration a lot more. Yeah, upping the minerals and stuff like that, and that- and and waking up earlier as well. And my energy's a lot better in the morning. That's another thing that's, that's changing all the time. Diets, we're talking about the fitness industry. Diets have always changing, like you said. Yeah. There's never been a bodybuilder in the past that's been this high-fat diet. I've never heard of it before. Have you? Like, bodybuilder is a high-fat diet. Yeah. No, definitely not. Like, like was this around like five years ago? High-fat well, diet? so they, yeah, yeah. they tried... Uh, Vince McMahon, who owns WWF, <laughs> WWE. Uh, He's a beast, by the way. Yeah, Did you see yeah. that recent picture of him? He's got Glenn see, super I got excited. so excited. Super excited. <laughs> He's, He's, like a, a <laughs> <laughs> He's a hero of mine. But, uh, yeah. There was just a recent picture of him. He's like 71, 70, 71. Just shred. Yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. And he, he looks healthy as well, you know. He's, yeah. He looks, you know, he's... he's you know, so was he on the high fat diet? Is what we're saying? No. So what I was going to say is he started a bodybuilding federation. You remember that? I think like so. Was yeah. like something about it a little 97, bit. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, something like that. Hearing something about it, yeah. And uh, he wanted to drug test all the guys, so they got him uh, on, on this. And I think Mauro Di Pasquale, Doctor Mauro Di Pasquale, is a really smart guy. He wrote a book called The Anabolic Diet, and then uh, eventually updated. I, I forget what it's called now. But he got all the guys on that because they were thinking that the high fat diet was going to increase their testosterone a lot. But all the guys came in, like Gary Strider, Aaron Baker, all these guys from like the 80s and 90s, they came into the show in the worst shape of their lives. And they're like, oh, enough of the high-fat diet experiment. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not the best for physique. I think it came to prominence with uh, endurance athletes. That's yeah, where it started right. to really kick in. Yeah. Ben Greenfield. Yeah. yeah, just like triathletes and stuff like that and people experimenting with ketosis and yeah. running ridiculous mileages. Yeah. And doing it's funny how, how it's, it's come back now, but uh, Dan Duchesne, wrote a book about it years ago, Cyclic Ketogenic Diet in the mm. 90s, and same thing with Moro Di Pasquale. It was called the Anabolic Diet. It right. was big for a long time. What's your thoughts on biohacking? Do you know much about that, I don't <laughs> I, I know the term. I don't know what, what actually qualifies as biohacking. <laughs> it, it, it could be a lot of things. I love how old school you are, too. I think it's very, <laughs> yeah. very good. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much the same, similar-minded as you, as you are, I think. But 
What does it mean? Just like putting coconut oil in your coffee? (laughs) No, like we've just been to, you know, Ben Greenfield, he's a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. We've just been to his house like a few days ago. Okay. And he's like fucking all over that shit, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, I asked him on the. It's so fascinating to me. Yeah. We did a a couple of podcasts for him. And when I asked him about it, he was like, nah, I'm not into it. I'm not that much into what he said, right? Because he he was talking about fucking putting shit in your eyes so you can see in the dark and all that. Yeah. You see, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What was it called? Chlorothing or something. Puts this stuff in your eyes. People try it so you can see in the dark and chlorophyll. Yeah. All all mad shit. Like and he was like, so Did what you guys try it? Dilates no. his pupils or what? Is that all it is? Well, he doesn't do this. He just told us that some people do this. Oh. We're like, wow. So and he's like, telling us he's not into it and all that. And then we went in the next room after the podcast and then. Next thing, Glenn's got fucking infrared lights on his balls and yeah. all that shit. Now I've got a massive a thing on my head with things on my nose. Re- regressing the effects of concussions and all this kind of shit. Yeah, it's, wow. it's so interesting. But I, I just I just find it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. The likes of uh, I've spoken about before, like cold showers in the morning and all that. Like yeah. that's like that's been a game changer for me. Uh, so what do you think about all that stuff? You know. I don't do a ton of that stuff. I mean, I respect everyone who's doing it, but I, I just think it can get a little overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, right. And then, and then you kind of just live in fear of a lot of things too. I think yeah. a lot of people live in fear of Definitely. everything. Sure. Like they can't Definitely. even go conspiracy. out of the house anymore. Yeah. Everything's a conspiracy. Yeah. People get woo-woo with that stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a healthy level of being fascinated and interested in it and experimenting with things, and then there's getting obsessed with stuff and taking it to extreme. And I think with the biohacking stuff there's quite a lot of people out there that are taking it to the extreme. I mean, like well, it's funny because it, you know? like we, we were talking before about a business and the importance of community. If you look, look at the blue zones where people live the yeah. longest, the, you can obviously attribute a lot of it to the diet, but yeah. the main thing they say is the community workload, and yeah. the connection. Yeah, yeah. Wow. healthy yeah. mind. It's like workload too. They don't yeah. overwork. Yeah, they, they do yeah, like exactly. f- four or five hours of work a day. Right, like exactly. Like, yeah. That's yeah. the most important thing. So yeah. you can do all this stuff, but if you're stressed out of your mind, you're not yeah. sleeping, you have good personal connection or relationships yeah. with people, yeah. who cares, really? Right, right. You've, Glenn, you've just said that some people go over the top with biohacking. Do you know what he texted us? Was it last night? <laughs> he sent us this link. The biohack place in Finland. Let's go there. Oh, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to go there? Yeah, the biohacking conference in Finland. Yeah, yeah I got to reel y'all back in a little bit. Y'all getting a little carried away with this. <laughs> no, look at that shit. Wait, who, who's running that? It's uh, it's called the Biohacker Summit. It's basically just a conference about uh, all about biohacking. Okay. But it's, it's in Finland. I like in, to take a camera in October. there. I mean, I definitely do. Like, yeah, I, I would just go and check it out. I just yeah. want to learn. Yeah, I think and, be good. You know, just see. I what's do going. cryo every day. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, cryo's great. Yeah, I love cryo. Love yeah. And, Doing cryo every day is a game changer. Like I used to just do it once a week or something, but now I go every day. And right. It's crazy how much. You have, what is, have what some is, money because that shit's seventy five dollars for two minutes. But if, but if, yeah, but if you get a most places have a monthly package, it'll be like three yeah, four hundred, yeah. and you can go all the time. What are the benefits of it? You think? As just the reduced you, inflammation. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. For me, like the reduced inflammation is crazy. That's yeah. It, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I sleep better. Sure. Uh, I have more energy. I seem to have like be in a better mood all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. And, and then after you go. About an hour after you go, you kind of get the, like this little, little euphoria, high, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I do that, and I float once once a week for two oh, hours. Nice. Yeah. Nice. With the with the cryo, I tend to only use it when I'm beat up and sore, and like, or if I've got injuries or not injuries, but like I'm really sore and beat up, I'll go and do cryo and feel great after it. Yeah. But that's interesting. Well, I'm that like that every day. So <laughs> <laughs> it seems like though that's still something you have to be consistent with. Like if you yeah. just do it once every couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. you think it's going to benefit yeah. you. I get much? I get really good results when I go if I'm, my hands and wrists are really sore, or my yeah. elbows are inflamed. Yeah. I get an instant result from it. Yeah. So it's interesting that you said you go in every day. I might start trying to it get into more a of a routine difference. with it. Yeah. yeah. I think cryo is the soft man's ice bath. It is. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's also more efficient. It 
yeah, yeah it is more yeah. efficient yeah. but yeah. it doesn't shrink your balls either <laughs> yeah exactly I, I find you've had ice baths before yeah i find the results from them way better than cryo no really yeah do you know uh-uh. It's much harder to get in an ice bath in the cryo yeah, chamber. Yeah, yeah. But we, where you live, but I mean, you, you, in cryo, it's, it's 250 below. Like the water is not anywhere near that cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think it'd be much harder. So yeah, I think men- mentally, you've 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 achieved sure. you've achieved yeah. much more than that. Yeah. So uh, you told me that you, you and, asked, and we talked about before you're going to talk on Luca's event. That's in September, right? Yes. A, a business business summit is that what it is? A business uh, summit. Yeah. Yeah, the bigger, bigger ground business summit. Yeah, so I think we are going to go there. We're going to get a booth and talk about our certification program. Nice. Uh, are you speaking? No, I'm not speaking. Okay, just just uh, yeah. trying to promote our product. What sort of stuff will you speak about there? I will speak about the importance of communication skills and building relationships and getting out of your comfort zone and things like that. Do you, Do you do this often? This this speaking in events like that? I try to. Yeah, I mean, I I love to whenever I can. And do you do the same? talk every time so that that's funny now i've realized that i should i used to oh, just really? kind of just yeah i mean you know people who really speak for a living or stand-up comedians they have a routine yeah, that they go right. to but i would usually just change it every time so it's hard i mean I, I could see improvement but it's hard you know it's like if, if your workout was different every time you have no idea what's going on so now i've realized that if, if i want to continue really speaking and get better i, I got to come up with like a set 30 minutes or 60 right. minutes or whatever it is yeah that's good it's hard for me because uh, I, I spent so many years writing. This is going to sound weird, but like I spent so many years writing about fitness online, like building up my online business, that now when I have to sit down and write, like I don't like to write anymore really. Like I can get up in the morning and crank out a 300-word email on fitness. And it's because it's like I can do it with my eyes because I don't have to think about it. But now for me to sit down and write other stuff, like for example... Uh, I take stand-up comedy and I, I do improv. It's oh, nice. really hard for me to sit down and do alone now. I don't, I don't know yeah. why. It's just because, I don't know. We've been to quite a few of these uh, business, not so much business, but we've performed better ones and other ones. And when we see some of the speakers, a lot of them say the same shit over and over again. And if you've been there a few times, it gets a bit boring, you know? So I think it was good how you mix it up yeah. a little bit. But yeah. I mean, usually it's, it's, it, it is a different audience. Each yeah, time. it's a different audience. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to going there. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, Jay Ferugia on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, my site is jasonferugia.com. Spell that last name for me because it's a bit difficult. Yeah, well, I was going to say if you just go to renegadefitness.com, it'll redirect you to my site and then you can click everything there. But it's F E R R U G G I A. Yeah, and I recommend everyone sign up for your blog and you go to your Thank website you. and you can sign up for that, right? Appreciate it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Renegade Radio Podcast, renegaderadiopodcast.com. I'm going to tell all our trainers as well to sign up for that because sure. it's very good. Well, thank you for listening to the Boxing Life Podcast and until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>